Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we're working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And boy, are we seeing this concern play out, Abigail, right? I mean, I really, I feel like every week we say we're watching this play out. We're watching this play out. But listeners, we really are. We We are watching the philosophy literally play out on the streets, in the news, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And to discuss that, we are welcoming back Catherine Kirsten, who is going to take us on a deep dive into the ethnic studies, which we have discussed before. But what we're going to talk about is, again, how is this playing out right here, right now Mm -hmm. in our state? So Catherine, again, is an attorney and a senior policy fellow and a director at the Center for the American Experiment. Catherine, thank you for joining us again. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much, Catherine. And one of the things that we discussed last week, and we would encourage our listeners to go back and listen to that podcast with Catherine Kirsten from just this last week. Um, but one of the things we discussed is the fact that these ethnic or these um, social study standards are still before an administrative law judge. And we would encourage people, is it still okay for them to write in to the administrative law judge or is that completely closed at this point? Um, well, that, uh, that's, that's, it was closed as of November 29th. Okay. So, okay. yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. the judge okay. will, uh, is expected to uh, deliver his uh, ruling or opinion on the social study standards in early January. Okay. Okay. All right. So that sounds that sounds good. It's. I mean, it's been a long time coming. As I said, we've had you on the show for many times for the last several years as we've watched this play out. So we do hope that uh, your testimony and others will have been enough to help the administrative law judge understand. Uh, that the procedures have not been followed correctly and that this is a massive shift from what we know to be solid social studies standards like what we have right now. So let's shift the gears to this ethnic studies, you know, strand. We know that that was added to the social studies standards in addition to uh, civics and economics and history. And so these teachers are supposed to cover all this material. But as we watch this play out, 
Uh, Bill Walsh, who's one of your um, peers at the Center of the American Experiment, wrote an article called Wake Up, Hamas Apologists Sound Just Like Minnesota Ethnic Studies Activists. Do you want to talk about that as to, you know, what what did he really mean by that? Where was where was he seeing the pa- the parallels? Well, um, the 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 words that uh, the the protesters uh, essentially um, supporting uh, Hamas and mm-hmm. what it is doing in the Middle East were words that most Americans had never heard and were surprised to hear them when these protests began after October 7th. Mm -hmm. But those of us at Center of the American Experiment or anybody who'd read the uh, proposed Minnesota Social Studies Standards was very familiar with these words. Mm -hmm. And they're words like decolonization, Mm -hmm. settler colonialism, uh, dispossession, resistance. The Mm -hmm. the protesters uh, who were uh, apologizing for, uh, that is defending, Mm -hmm. um, what Hamas has, has done in in Israel, uh, have a they, they embrace a, a theory called decolonization, and it's it's a Marxist kind of uh, influence theory that divides people into two groups. In you know everybody across the world, you're either an oppressor or you're a victim, mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, look at Israel and classify all Israelis as oppressors and uh, uh, Palestinians uh, as as um, as victims, and the idea is that the the Israelis were settlers uh, who who deserve essentially whatever they get. There are many uh, protesters who who you know specifically said this. Uh, they deserve to die because mm. they were they were settlers on Palestinian land, and of course you know there's a, a gross misreading of what's what's happening there. But our social studies standards in Minnesota are littered with these words and this concept uh, and the whole whole notion of decolonization in the context of Native Americans. So uh, the, the claim is that uh, Minnesota is an illegitimate uh, state, just as Israel supposedly is, and that uh, all of us who came here as descendants of, of Europeans uh, are living on stolen land. It should be uh, you know, given to, to Indians, and essentially, you know, whatever happens uh, to make that happen is, is fine, given the evil nature of, uh, of white Minnesotans today, not white <laughs> people of all races. Yeah. You know? Isn't that, I mean, when you stop and consider that, you know, there's no possible way to even reasonably do that, even if that was a legitimate um, request or a legitimate cause. Um, you know, it's it, this is this is the 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 way history has worked for centuries, dating back to Greco-Roman times. You know, people groups come and they go and they conquer and they and and you know what if, what if we went all the way back? <laughs> Let's go all the way back to the very beginning. And that's what's is that what's right? You know, where, when these people talk about these things, they're really not being very logical because oh no, at, at what point in history are we trying to go back to? What's fair? But I think, and I think that the common theme that, you know, we discussed last show on this topic and that we're seeing over and over, and I do 
really want, okay, I know who you are. You are emptying your dishwasher right now, listener, and you know who I'm talking to here. I know, because I, I hear from them. And so just remember this. As we're going into all of these details and things that feel maybe a little bit overwhelming because, oh my gosh, someone just almost broke a lamp while you're trying to listen to this podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. But the main thing to take away from this is the theme that people are not using real facts. You you don't hear in any of this dialogue, in any of these standards, you don't hear we are we are encouraging students to truly understand history and history i got to tell you guys history is complicated mm. people are complicated they are not all good and all bad and anyone that's lived any amount of time knows that so the ra- the theme that rages through all of this is rage mm-hmm. you don't have to have actual facts you do not need to speak in nuance you do not need to be able to to be held accountable to what you're actually calling for. Instead, just yell louder. And that's what I see over and over and over. So parents, as we're talking about how all of this is played out, just understand that that's the underlying tone underneath all of this mm-hmm. is they're teaching students. You don't have to actually know stuff. You just have to yell louder and basically throw a temper tantrum. Well, and as Catherine pointed out, you have to resist. And that is a standard. That is one of the standards in resistance. resistance. So that is exactly right. And when you add that to the fact that we're not teaching history like we used to, so they don't even, many of these individuals who are marching may not have even had anything about Nazi Germany Mm -hmm. taught to them. I mean, I cannot believe how many young people on some of these really well-known college campuses, when you see people go around and interview them, they don't even know who we fought in the Revolutionary War, much less anything about, you know. Or what uh, century it took place. Or what century it took place, exactly. Or, or, you know, who is George Washington? What is the Bill of Rights? And they, if they haven't been taught, it's really easy for them to just spout opinions then and not have any clue as to whether they're accurate or not. They're just resisting. They're doing what they were taught. They're resisting. Yes. They're, they're extremely easy to manipulate. Under the, they're, they're young, uninformed, and they can yeah. be fired up. Instead of teaching them how to read, it's, it's much more entertaining right, and exciting <laughs> to be told that you're morally superior to everybody who's lived in the past. But, but to add to Abigail's point, uh, it's 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 so true that that facts are completely dismissed as mm-hmm. unimportant. But but at the bottom of this is the, the the idea that these people do not believe in truth or objectivity at all. Mm-hmm. So if you read the the, the so called sonar or that which stands for statement of need and reasonableness that the Minnesota Department of Education was required to submit in defense of the social studies standards mm-hmm. before the administrative law judge, you will see that they believe that that history is constructed, it is it is a narrative that depends on the skin color of the person who is doing 
uh, the, the, the so-called thinking about history. So there, there is no underlying truth about what has actually happened. It's, you know, it depends if you're Asian, well, then you'll have this narrative. It's usually based on stories and oral interpretations, not on facts, not on, you know, historical research. If you're black, you'll have this perspective. If you're white, of course, you'll have the white supremacist, supremacist colonializer construct. That's your narrative. So when you follow this to the logical end, democracy isn't possible because there can't be a meeting of the minds, right? There, mm-hmm. There's no way to persuade, uh, as Abigail was saying, your your opponents on the other side of the aisle because you you it's your skin color that, that mm-hmm. determines, or your sex or whatever, mm-hmm. that determines the narrative you embrace. So it really is nihilistic, in meaning nothing. There There's an abyss of nothingness yeah. behind this view of what it is to be a human person and uh, extremely destructive. Well, it is destructive. And that's one of the things I, I wish we could ask some of these activists is what what is your end game? You know, what do you really want to see happen? But they've said, at least in this you, situation, from the river to, to the, the sea, sea. Yes. Palestine will be free. Yes. And I would love to ask them. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Do you understand to, what yeah. that means? Yes. Yeah. You are calling well, for the annihilation of every Israeli on the yep. face of the planet. Well, and, and the the legislator who said, "Oh, I think most people who are saying that don't really mean the destruction of Israel." <laughs> well, so let me let me tell you about that because this is a a very good illustration Talib, of what Abigail name. just mm-hmm. said. So, um, the the people who wrote our social studies standards, uh, the Minnesota Ethnic Studies Coalition members who who packed the committee that drafted them by their own by their own acknowledgement, they, uh, through this group called EdLib Minnesota, which created them, mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they issued a call for a student, uh, the National Student Walkout for Gaza, on October 17th. And in it, they included an organizing toolkit for students that lays out exactly how to organize one of these protests. Here's how, here's the timeline you should follow. Here's what you should say to the media. Here are templates for protest signs and chants that you should use. And one of the chants is from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which means from the Jordan River to to the Mm -hmm. Mediterranean, Israel will be wiped off the map. Mm -hmm. They had signs for kids. These are the people who wrote our standards. They had signs for the kids to to copy. One of them says decolonize Palestine, and it's got a picture of a woman with a mask on, and she is hurling a rock, and there's a burning police car uh, and flames all Mm. all around her. So this is what they are telling our school students. The training them into... Like to to actually advocate for terrorism, really. I mean, yes. that's a terroristic what act. Act. What, what it was resistance, right? Yeah. So so what happened at Edina High School was that a week later. Now who knows why? But um, the Edina High School students, or a number of them, walked out. Uh, you know, protesting uh, for Hamas and and Gaza, and they were the, the school actually did did take some sort of action against several of them. And uh, according to things the kids posted, they claimed that they didn't know what this chant from the river to the sea meant. Uh, (laughs) And one of my friends said, 
you know, they should have been given a geography quiz. quiz. How many of these kids could even put oh, Israel on the right, map? Right, Much less Gaza. Right. But they're being manipulated by, you know, savvy activists to... Mm-hmm. Uh, to fall into line in this way. Well, and this is the problem with not being taught how to think. You know, yep. when they're not being given the tools exactly. to learn how to think on their own, they are easily manipulated. And right. that is that is the biggest problem with our American education system today is that students aren't given logic courses anymore. They're not being given the ability, the opportunity to analyze and to synthesize and go deep with information and have that historical, rich historical background, which is what a classical education provides for students. And it's so important for students to be taught how to think because otherwise they are easily manipulated. And, you know, I'm sure that that's probably true that a lot of them didn't understand what it really meant. And they just knew, okay, I'm just supposed to resist. And so here I am resisting. And uh, the 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 Ed Lib Minnesota, they knew exactly what they were doing. Yes. In fact, the guy who heads it, Brian Lazinski, who's a professor at McAllister College, um, uh, describes himself as uh, as an expert in what does he call it? Uh, uh, like a critical participatory, you know, research or something like that. So what does that, that mean? Professional <laughs> sign holder yeah, yeah. at <laughs> protests? Seriously. It means organizing. It means, for example, this organizing toolkit that was sent around mm. to, to all these kids. Um, it, 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 it describes the chants. It lists about 10 of them. And then it says, now you need to practice the chant. You need to pick a chant leader, pick somebody who would be good at that, and then practice with your friends. It oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're kidding me. No, these people know exactly what they're what they're doing. It's really like the Red Guards in, in the Cultural Revolution yeah. in China. Yeah. Because the high school kids, the same thing was done to them, and they were told what, you know, great moral warriors they were. And, and uh, then they went through and devastated, uh, you know, Chinese or communist China mm-hmm. until finally Mao, Mao had to stop them. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and I don't want to go too far down this path, but we've had uh, Z Van Fleet on or she, 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 there we go. There we go. Got it. Um, and she lived through Mao's cultural revolution and she oh. is, so concerned. She lives here in America now and has for a long time, and she is so concerned about what she is seeing. And yep. we've had her on to talk about the parallels of uh, of what we're seeing in the public schools here, and in the college and universities, and even in you know a lot of our big uh, corporations. Um, yep. And the parallels with what was happening during Mao's revolution and how it does start with the children and separating children from parents, not not physically, but emotionally. And emotionally, um, yes. yes, teaching kids that their parents are evil and wrong and that, you know, they need to be thinking this new way. And this is what we see is happening as our students are being taught ideas that are contrary to what most of their parents believe, regardless of which side of the aisle they're on. And, and this is where you really run into problems down the road. And, and what are we, we're starting to see the fruit of that Mm -hmm. as you're pointing out, if we, and then didn't you say, uh, before we even launched our show today, I think you mentioned that there was a second walkout at Edina high school. And, and there the kids uh, were told, 
uh, in, in the information circulated to them that they should bring these kefias, these uh, uh, Arab headdresses, they should cover their faces with those, uh, that you know, it was important that essentially their identity not be be evident. Uh, you know, the, the police had to help um, with with exit from the school uh, when parents came to pick kids up. Mm. This, this is exactly what our social studies standards are going to be encouraging at high schools all over the state, because yeah. this is what resistance looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to imagine what is going to happen in this state if this continues, if this, if these social studies standards truly do become the next set of standards, which I believe would be implemented in fall of 2025. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, so, not, not this year, but the yeah, year after Yeah, that. 2025. Yes, 25, so, 26, right? um, so what we're going to be starting to see is, like you say, a lot more of this. And how does a country function? And, you know, I think that is ultimately the goal of some of these instigators of, you know, for AdLib Minnesota oh, and others like it. Um, I, you know, their, their goal is to have complete disruption. And then what happens? Look what happened in China. Look what happened in Venezuela. Yep. Look what has happened even to a certain extent in Brazil. I mean, we we really have to, as Americans, pay attention to what is being taught and how that impacts not just your own child, but all of the rest of the children in the school and all the rest of the children yeah. across the country. And how right. do we, even if you pull your kids out of this and get them into a safe school mm-hmm. environment, whether that be through a private school or your homeschooling or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we still have the bulk of the kids in this country being educated in the public education system, which yeah. at one point was the envy of the world. And True. now here we are. And when are people going to really stand up? I mean, we see some parents standing up at school board meetings. We see Great organization, you know, Parents Alliance Minnesota trying to help parents win seats on school board elections. But we we need to see really a huge groundswell of response to all of this, don't we, Catherine? Yes, yes we do. And in terms of the, the political upheaval you talked about, as I said, Brian Lazinski, who is essentially the leader of Edlib Minnesota and has a national role with the National Corollary Group, has written, he wrote back in 2020, um, he, he wrote uh, about the mass insurrections or uprising uh, after, uh, after George, George Floyd. And mm-hmm. he said that schools need only reopen after COVID if they join the social unrest. And oh. the the true danger in the country, which is systemic racism. Wow. I mean, he he sees the function of education as creating social upheaval, and he is the one of the primary consultants to the St. Paul School District and their ethnic studies mm. program. And uh, you know, just he he also wants to see is calling for ethnic studies licensure for teachers. So the idea right mm-hmm. now is. You know, social studies teachers uh, can teach, quote, ethnic studies in the standards now, but 
These people want to see a special licensure required so people who agree with them, not just the ordinary social studies teacher, but only people who agree with them will be licensed to teach ethnic studies, which will be embedded through all of our standards. Which then, if you think about it, parents, even if you are clinging to the last vestiges of hope that maybe if you can impact your school board that you can turn the ship around, um, and, and I did, during our break, I did actually check um, ed- Education for Liberation in Minnesota's website. Guys, mm-hmm. they're saying it right up front. You can find it. Yeah. In, I found it, I think I clicked my phone five times, and I found it. Yeah. So they're not yeah. hiding the ball here. Um, if it's a requirement that, um, well, it has to be this teacher, this licensed ethnic studies teacher, you're not going to be able to turn that ship mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. So just realize well, that. And They're closing only... in on all of the different options we have to try to have a voice in our local schools. Mm-hmm. They are systematically closing those off. Yep. And not to mention just the new teacher licensure rules in and of themselves, even if they weren't successful gaining this special licensure for ethnic studies, the two the the new teacher licensure rules, which are going mm-hmm. into effect in 2025, all of this is embedded in those yeah, new teacher true. licensure rules. So they codify yeah. a lot true. of this into the teaching in every subject. This doesn't even just apply to social studies. It applies to science. It applies to math. It applies to Art, arts. PE. Yes, everything. Oh, yeah. And so I, I, I think it's important for people to understand why we are going through this. And we are going through it because of the people we have elected uh, to state government. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that the teachers' unions uh, generally are, you know, the, the leadership, not not many of the individual teachers, but the teachers' union leadership uh, mm-hmm. seems to be in favor of this kind of thing across the country. But who appointed the uh, the, the Social Studies Standards Committee that, that drafted these standards? It's, you know, the, the head of, the, of, of our Department of Education. It was appointed by our governor. Mm-hmm. And the, it was the legislature that passed all this ethnic studies, um, uh, all these laws that Abigail is talking about, we wouldn't have this if people understood that this is, it's important to elect the right Right. people. And I I am so glad you're bringing that up, Catherine, because I do think that that is a huge disconnect for people. Um, They might be opposed to these things in their schools, but the the during election season the candidates that vote for this kind of thing come yeah. off as moderates i'm yeah. a family man i mean governor walls yeah. is a is brilliant at doing that i'm a yeah. family man i'm from out in the country and i was a football coach and i was a teacher and yeah. and you know i love people and i want the best for these kids and these students and and People get wooed by just the personality, the whatever, whatever they, and they don't realize the connection. And, and we really do need to hammer that point that who we vote for matters. And if you're voting for someone who supports the very things that you don't like in the schools, 
you need to change your vote. And, you know, yeah. I mean, that's just seems so basic, but I think it's really hard to change. You know, if you grew up in the state of Minnesota where, you know, we've got the democratic farm labor party, it's known for, you know, supporting the working class and the down and out. And yet now it has become so far extreme to the left. And it's sometimes it's, I think it's hard for people to, to vote differently, but I think we really have to um, encourage people to do your research and find out where do your candidates really stand on these issues. You can't just go by what they say, unfortunately, like, you know, I'm, I'm for the kids, I'm for the schools. Um, you have to really look into what what do they believe in in terms of how are they going to vote um, or and, what and their voting record is mm-hmm. in, in a in a fairly sophisticated way, kind of as you're suggesting, Rebecca, because that uh, many of these people who support this know that the average parent would not uh, like to see this kind of thing invading the school. That's why they talk about ethnic studies as being all about unifying cultural understanding and belonging and mm-hmm. and uh, inclusivity and equity. And they use all these words that sound really good. Yep, they sound uh, good, they, but they know, <laughs> but they're not. They are not. Well, Catherine, thank you again for joining us these last two weeks. We've been grateful to have you on. We wish you a Merry Christmas and our listeners um, can listen to this podcast at savetheclassroom.com or Spotify or iTunes and then check out the Center of the American Experiment at americanexperiment.org Thanks so much. Have a great night.